So hello, welcome everyone to another episode of What's New in Cloud FinOps with me, Franck Contrepoix, and my friend... Stephen Old. Great to hear you as always, Really good. And yes, for this one, we are catching up on podcasts. Yes. Yeah. October now, we're in. <laughs> Let's not talk about the date. Shh, details. Let's start with an AWS news that was on... Um, October 22nd, which is the AWS Fault Injection Simulator, now injects spot instance interruption. And while there is no direct connection with initially we thought about FinOps, the reality is that using spot instance is the right thing to do, but you might be afraid of your architecture not being ready for spot instances. And so now there is an, <clears throat> an easy almost way to test what would happen if a spot instance is called and a recall back is reclaimed. Yeah. So that, test that, it. that fault tolerance being, you know, things suddenly disappearing. Can my app handle it? A lot yeah. of people mention it to us on the phone uh, when we speak to them. And uh, so, yeah, th there is always that, that part of fear of spot. Mm -hmm. Like it is something that in theory, it can disappear immediately. The reality is not that often but you no. need to be ready for when it happens. I think I haven't checked if there's new stats on this, but it used to be something like less than, it's what it's like 95% of the time they don't get taken away yes. um, and that you get two minute warning on AWS. Yes. So now you can test that, which is really cool. Absolutely. Right. Flying on to the next one, uh, sticking with uh, AWS. And again, one that's slightly... Is it FinOps? We, we've decided it is. Um, the pricing calculator now supports Amazon CloudFront, which is all well and good. But uh, hopefully people remember that uh, CloudFront now has a capacity um, commitment, which reduces the cost by about 30%. And that's for one year. And basically, the benefit is now you could go in and check how much money you would save by putting that commitment in place and then deciding whether that's worth doing. So if we're looking at um, you know, optimizing rates. This is another way to be doing it. And here's a way that you can have a look at what the ROI is for the risk of committing for a year. Yes. And I have to say, I'm always terrified with the calculators because every time you, you bring something in, you say, oh, I want that product. And then you have to fill in some of that 10 fields. <laughs> Usually you have no clue what those 10. How many API calls are you going to do? <laughs> I think uh, we could do, we could, yeah, <laughs> we could do a whole call. And there used to be the AWS uh, simple monthly calculator, didn't they? which I loved, you know, the beige one, the one that looked yeah, like yeah. something out of the 80s. Um, yes. And I knew how to use it. And then they created this new, newfangled one, which is meant to be a thousand times easier. And I just look at it blankly uh, and go find the link to the old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that shows that we were there before. And which is, yeah, okay, let, let's move on. Let's talk about gray air. Yeah. Um, my so next one is again uh, it's AWS and it is about the C6I instances. So the I is quite new. It's for Intel. In the past, Intel was assumed, so you would just have C6. So this uh, now it's there is this I to identify Intel, A to identify AMD, G to identify Graviton. So the six C6I is the upgrade if you want to see it that way at the newer generation for the C5. So the C5 becomes C6i. And what is what he's saying there is that you get 15% better compute price performance over C5 instances. So it is an interesting one and it goes from uh, 
2 to 128 vCPUs. So that's quite a lot. And as usual, savings plans, reserved instance, uh, on demand, etc., etc., is all available. Oh, no, not reserved instance, sorry. <laughs> no. Reserved instance or not is reserved on demand. Yes. Oh, res- there is reserved. Hmm. That article doesn't make it clear. Yep. So my bad, but spot instance are available, on demand is available, savings plans are available, and some kind of reservation seems maybe to be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I was meant to go and check um, for you, but I haven't. Um, I think, well, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if they're not put on our eyes, is this the beginning of our eyes being um, discontinued? Or not discontinued, but just not continued. So... Um, do you know what? Shall I just go and have a look on? I yes. might. I'm, when you're speaking on the next one, I might go on the portal and see if I can buy one. Okay, perfect. Um, that's that's a way of testing, isn't it? Um, but before that, I'm going to quickly talk about something else, which uh, we think is really useful for people. Um, a lot of people will be are looking at the marketplace more and more, AWS Marketplace, and even um, as we go through. Next few months, I'm going to predict that there are more marketplace things that come out. Um, And one of the things they've allowed for now, and if you speak to your account manager, et cetera, they're often saying, hey, can you get some software purchases through here? It's an easy way to buy. You can now, as a finance team, put a purchase order number and manage via purchase orders um, on marketplace, which will make your kind of chargeback a lot simpler and your your budget allocation a lot simpler. If you are a company that are using purchase orders heavily, and they can be um, put into the purchase order management system that's now in AWS Billing Console that we spoke about a few months ago, yep. quite a few months ago. Um, and yeah, so now that's in there for marketplace purchase as well, which I think is great. It simplifies, you know, we were constantly talking about, oh, it simplifies things, being able to buy it through marketplace, paying one vendor, Etc., but you know that doesn't stop it breaking what was being going on before, <laughs> and now this is where you can bring that back into line. Yeah, there, there is really a push for for me, and we talked about it for for AWS to simplify procurement and make it simpler. Uh, as, as you said, I remember the, the purchase order system on the billing console being really about rules, and I'm very curious to see how this if this is an, a two pizza team thing that. There is a team that created this new thing for the marketplace, or it effectively integrates with the new purchase order uh, ruling system. I think it integrates. By the looks of things, it looks like an integration, like an addition onto that service. I think that would be great. So Amazon EC2 announced attribute-based instance type selection for auto-scaling groups, EC2 fleet and spot fleet. And that means that instead of being very prescriptive on the type of instance you want to use, you can kind of give a range of things that would work. And so the system can then select uh, how to auto-scale systems. And that's really useful when you're using things like Docker who do not really care, or better, you do not really care about the infrastructure underneath. And so you can just say, look, anything that has one CPU or a maximum of four would do will work. And sometimes when you have massive workloads, for example, for web server, you really don't care. You just want those instances up and running now. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's quite useful. It's also going to, uh, be able if you if you manage it correctly to select the cheapest one. Uh, so that, that's always good when you have automation and also a, a wider choice available. So yeah, that's that's this uh, and 
Brilliant. So just to confirm, you can buy reserved instances for the C6Is. I initially thought you couldn't, um, but that was just because I was in the wrong region. And now I can confirm that you can uh, buy them, certainly in Virginia. So the interesting thing is if you go to the yeah, Amazon EC2 pricing page overall, not just C6, you will see that they tell you you can buy with reserved instance, but then when they go into the details, you have on-demand spot instance, savings plans, and dedicated hosts. Mm. So as an overall marketing thing, in the yeah. EC2 billing, they talk about reserved at the top, that you, it's a possibility, but then it's completely ignored on every big header. So yeah, I think that's, that's where it's going yeah. for EC2. Yes, which isn't isn't the surprise. We know they're wanting to move towards savings plans. I think we were just waiting to see when our eyes would disappear and how they do it. Anyway, um, now I've got to remember what on earth I'm meant to be talking about. Oh, I've absolutely timed this terribly because I've got to do the most complicated one I've got to talk about today with my head full of our eyes. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk briefly about introducing GKE image streaming for fast application startup auto scaling. Those of you that listen regularly know that I'm actually, I know nothing about anything and that when anything's complicated, we get Frank in. However, this time, because I'm a bit more Kubernetes-ish, um, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been lumbered with this one. Um, but what it's really about, and, and it reminds me of a technology that existed um, a while ago. In fact, that Google used, I can't remember if they purchased them, so I'm not going to name the name of the company or whether one of the other competitors bought them, but for migrations, uh, and that basically you could start using a machine before it all moved across, and that was by basically creating a a temporary or a managed way of um, of having or reading the disk that wasn't there yet. And that's what this is basically doing. In GKE, you'll be able to use image streaming. So even before the um, the pod, or so the um, the container has been um, fully created, full startup, which can sometimes take minutes depending on how complicated your application is to boot and to to load. So a lot of people. I think uh, who are less involved in cloud, that auto scaling is instant. So when load people hit your website, suddenly it will be bigger. No, it's a boot time, right? This is to help reduce boot time and lag in the scaling of your um, of your Kubernetes clusters or of your uh, actual containers within your Kubernetes clusters. The actual provisioning machine would still take longer. Um, but the real um, benefit to this is that you will not have to hold as much warm and ready to go right. because you're going to be more able to quickly handle scaling events um and so uh, by what magic they're doing this i shall not try to explain <laughs> but so, it's all uh, about streaming the uh, the image of the of the instance which they have saved cache basically and they're just going to run against that the it's basically some magic in the file system which reminds me of what they were doing in that migration um, tool so yes and i think i can help slightly so they use container d's which is a daemon and the idea is that docker images uh, yeah. Yeah. in particular are delivered as streams and it's and they the, the file system stack up one on top of another. Mm -hmm. So they are probably starting with the, the initial one, which is always small and start uh, and start from there. So the, you have always have the OS, which is the first layer that is the minimum requirement to boot and is usually the quite small on a on the Docker container. So yep. that would be my guess. The interesting thing also uh well going <clears throat> skimming through the article is that they say that 
Databricks, I've seen a, a three times improvement application yeah. startup time. So it's not that a from minutes to seconds because that's more than three time. If yeah. there is definitely an improvement, but as usual with those things, there is the marketing version. It takes seconds yeah. instead of hours yeah. to reality, which is very nice of them to show. But three times improvement, I take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's you know it, it does say kind of despite the fact that most applications don't need every byte of data contain an image to boot. Um, so it, it is all around that about getting it started quick and, and running from there. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's great news, and um, I think we're just going to see more and more things moving in that direction. I think there's kind of a yes. um, something people don't like that there's a delay in <laughs> scaling, and you know they're trying to make everything faster, faster, faster. Yep. So next one is also uh, Google Cloud. It's the introduction of spot instances really into Google Cloud. So mm. in the past, you had preemptible instances that would yep. die after 24 hours. You had secure, it was a sure thing. Now you have a different approach to spot instances. So Google will provide a monthly a price list. So it's only every month. It's not like AWS, which is almost uh, continuously. It's continuously. It is once a month, you'll have a price list that is mini at the minimum, 60% discount over on-demand price for spot VMs. So you can decide to run a spot VM, and that spot VM will just run for as much as possible. If AW, uh, if AW, sorry, if Google needs it, it's going to take it back. It mm -hmm. looks like very much uh, like preemptible, but without uh, an the 24 hour time zone. Yes, there is no end time. So if you're using preemptible, it's going to work in the same way. The price list of preemptible is going to match the one for spot. So really, spot is exactly the same as preemptible without the limit of time. Uh, and, Which yep. can work in either direction because Google yep. can't take them off you within 24 hours. So yep. you just don't get to reallocate them. So if knowing you've got them for 24 hours is more important that's you know you basically have a decision now to make uh, yeah. so you are not losing any ability for something just to keep running and running and running i like i mean i've always liked preemptible as i always said to people i think they're one of the one of the really neat things about google um but now you've got the now they've got the choice yeah uh and also an interesting one on on this article is the fact of a partnership that google is yeah. doing with the external party so in this case they are making very explicit that they are working with they say netapp but the reality is spot io yeah. uh, and it is that it's going to be integrated so the price list probably will be fed directly to spot io to and spot io will be able to work uh, things out where to run your spot instances it's interesting to see those big companies working uh, together, and it's quite different on how AWS is effectively uh, usually working with partners where they mm. stay independent. Well, this one, there is really, a, I feel, a push. Yeah. And as we go through some of the later articles that you're going to talk well, in fact, we're both going to talk about it for the next few Um there, it's really interesting Google's approach and how they're partnering, who they're partnering with, and how. Um, yes. My next one. Oh, ah, another. good luck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's even worse than the last one's, dear reader. So let's hope I don't butcher it too terribly. Okay. Faster distributed GPU training with reduction server for Vertex AI. So is this FinOps? We think so. Um, why are we not sure? Because nowhere in the article does it actually describe the cost of running what basically is happening here is you are horizontally um splitting apart and scaling 
the uh, the training. So you're breaking it into parts and, and putting it across more machines. And although we know it happens, and I think it discusses, um, you know, how much faster and there's all sorts of interesting bits, but 75% greater throughput, um, we apologize in advance if, um, if actually that ends up being more expensive. But sometimes time is money and actually being able to do, get a, a, a computer, a, you know, machine learning model through quicker is going to be important. Um, and, you know, the headline of this is to improve the speed of data parallel training on GPUs, Vertex AI launches reduction server, a faster grading aggregation algorithm developed at Google to double the algorithm bandwidth of all reduce operations. <clears throat> and they talk about doing up to two times when it goes down later and talks about a, uh, a specific example, it says 75%. Um, so, yeah. you know, it looks, it looks interesting. What's interesting really is that there isn't a linear growth in, in time, according to this against data transfer or latency. It is always flat and constant. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, See, if if you understood the title, you're probably interested in it. If you didn't understand the title, just ignore it. <laughs> I, on, yeah. I admit I, I'm ignoring this because I still need to to find someone helping me with understanding AI better. So, but yeah, volunteers welcome, as they say. Okay, my next one is quite interesting. Is the Tau T2D VM now in preview? And it shows that they also highlight that a third party have done some tests, in particular against uh, the, the this T Tau T2D VM versus a machine which is an ARM-based, which is the Graviton, the AWS Graviton, really. So the idea is that this Tau T2D based on AMD the latest AMD CPU is doing extremely well and is also the price performance is, is better than anything that's on the market today in any of the cloud vendors. That's roughly the message. So there's try it also, out. Yep, go. Also, if, if you believe what's being said by um, the, the kind of nice people at AMD um, that I've spoken to about this, and I have no reason to disbelieve them, but I also am saying here, I have no definitive proof of this. It is 50% more energy efficient which if you're caring about green credentials, is massive. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, that's that's really important. That's going to be quite interesting to see. Do you think that's going to be added to those calculators that yes, care has about? To has to be. And I think it's part of the reason they've been driving about those calculators as well. Because yeah. I've seen this coming. Cool. I'm going to throw a cat amongst the pigeons, Frank, just to give you another wonderful uh, English cliche. Um, and I'm going to change the order just to keep on a theme. I'm going to talk about the two, sorry, N2D VMs with latest AMD Epic CPUs enable on average over 30% better price performance. So this is the um, general purpose machines being supported by AMD. So you've got a choice in chips now. Um, very similar story to what we were saying. You can get up to 224 CPUs or vCPUs and 896 gig of memory in the uh, in the N2Ds, and they are, um, you know, touted, <laughs> touted <laughs> as being 30 percent cheaper uh, with better with better performance. So, um, we we yeah, we're pretty excited about these. Um, it, it feels like at the moment uh, AMD are are just getting ahead of, of some of the competitors. Um, we shall see how Intel and Graviton fight back in the next few months. 
as well. We will also see how the pricing goes because Graviton yeah. being uh, AWS, they might just keep the price well, the so, slightly higher. Yeah, so this is interesting. I think I predict, in fact, I was on a phone call yesterday uh, saying that I imagined as part of reInvent, the re-announcement that uh, the 6Gs at AWS went cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, by the looks of things, they are going to be previewing the 7Gs instead. So rather than make a change to what's there, I think they're going to just accelerate the release of the Graviton 3s. So it's going to, it's become, it's rapidly speeding up. We've been waiting for these AMDs to come out for about five, six months. um, And suddenly it's getting into a bit of a boxing match. And it's a boxing match where I'm not hearing anyone talk about Intel. Yes. And it is also very interesting to see that we are back having competition at the CPU level. Exactly. Which we know Yep, not cool. not just not just x86. We're at a point where it's getting back to you can do what you want with the CPU and get in the fight. Yeah. We, we are back to the very old wars of PowerPC and yeah. uh, PowerPC Intel AMD, and and it was good for the customer. Really, yeah. you would get really good stuff out of this. So I, I welcome this competition. Cycles. It all goes back oh, in yeah. cycles. It's all. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cool. So yes, next one is five. Well, then I'm going to take the GKE cost optimization opportunity right in the console from Google Cloud, just to mix up things uh, from our list. So the idea is now you can start getting uh, advice on cost optimization for your GKE directly in the console, even so in the Google console, and it's going to look at uh, different elements. So let me look at which one of them. So it's uh, it's not only for the clusters, it goes into really details about individual workloads inside clusters and it shows <clears throat> cost optimization. So it's a preview thing. It r- shows you statistics that will help you make decisions on how to better size your uh, clusters. So that should reduce... Uh, it, if you're doing things well, you can probably reduce your cost quite healthy. Yeah. Agreed. Right. I'm going to a quick one. This is an article. I'm going to name the article and read it out, which I just think people should read just because I think Jen Person is fantastic uh, in terms of how she writes it. And it is um, Google Cloud billing tutorials because surprises are for home makeover shows, not your wallet. And even just the first two paragraphs, I just think are brilliant. Um, Just to read, it made me actually laugh. And I can't remember how long it's been since um, one of these articles that we read on your behalf and we slog through was so much fun to read, um, including the title, Billing Should Be Boring, uh, as it goes on. Yes. But it's a really good tutorial and there's other bits in there. And it's I've kind of openly said it's one of my uh, one of my weaknesses, but uh, I will when we release this, I will tweet uh, that Jen person because yes. I think she's, it's a brilliant article and well worth a read if you want to learn more about how to... Uh, how to use the Google yeah. Cloud. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of article I think more of us should be doing. It's serious. Yes. At the same time, it is fun to read. And so, yeah, I need to improve on that. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. Let's, let's work on it. I think maybe fun. we need to have a couple of drinks. There's a, there's a whole sketch show called Mitch on Web where they say that the secret to success and being brilliant is one and a half drinks. 
<laughs> maybe that's the thing it's that kind of being relaxed and how you write and i think yes. so many blogs now are so formal i think my yeah. most recent blog on what is finops um i think i've been talking about it for so long and maybe i'm not gonna say i'm bored of <laughs> explaining what finops is uh, although i recently had to explain it to my grandma who's 89 um but it, i just thought Do you know what I'm just going to go for a really relaxed feel because I think people are fed up of reading very similar feel stuff. Um, yeah. And it was quite, it's quite enjoyable to write something like that. Yeah. Agreed. So, okay. And you're up. Next one is going to be announcing Amazon EC2 capacity reservation fleet. So in this case is, you can change the capacity. So you, you've reserved EC2 capacity. So that's usually the on-demand capacity. So it's what you, you, you just want to make sure that you'll have things available, that you'll have those resources available when you need them. And now you can change the generation instance and still keep that capacity. So you don't have to change the capacity if you're changing generation. That's quite cool. And with the amount of generation changes that they're introducing continuously, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that is definitely something that I would keep on my list. Uh, it, it's really useful. So yeah, try that. I've never used capacity reservation fleet. So let me know your thoughts. Uh, again, information is gold in this case and real life from the trenches information has enormous value for me. Was. Yes, agreed. <laughs> and now I'm reading one which we talked about just before <laughs> that we came online because we were trying to work out the maths, and I just tried to do it in my head, and I'm still, I'm still with you. So the the title is AWS announces a price reduction of up to fifty six percent for Amazon fraud detector machine learning fraud predictions. Came out on October eleventh, two thousand twenty one. Um, I mean. Hopefully, I don't need to explain what Fraud Detector does. The naming convention for once is with us. It helps us. <laughs> and you don't need to have any ML expertise. Um, a great little service. And it's one of those uh, ones where the, the pricing is tiered. So the first 100,000 is at one price. And then beyond that, it's at another price. Now, um, the, the discount here basically goes from 50% and then kicks it to 75%, depending on which tier you're on, and 75% is for the bigger tier. Now, what me and Frank were kind of saying is if your 75% discount on the, um, on the bigger tier, so anything above 100,000, surely if you used enough of it, <laughs> you would go above 56%. Is that 56% on a particular um, suggestion, which I think is how it's based on yes. here, but uh, we recently get the wording slightly wrong, uh, unless we are unaware of there being a limit that you can hit in how much you can put through the service. That's the only thing I can think about. Anyway, what matters is it's cheaper. And we think for once it might be more uh, discounted than the articles are saying and we think it yes. could be greater than a 56 percent discount for amazon fraud detector machine learning fraud predictions <laughs> yep <laughs> not absolutely <laughs> no <laughs> okay and i think that was our last one for this last one absolutely <laughs> uh, well thank you frank it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure too and uh yes it's been yeah there were some pause in the middle so we'll I, have... will, I will delete those they, they will never know unless I leave this bit in purposely, just so they know I think that it you happens. can. That would be fun. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Um, and 
very soon we'll be recording November's and then <laughs> we are looking at doing some because there's so much coming out it's so exciting reinvent um not that we're at reinvent at the moment at that time um but there are loads of things coming out so we're probably gonna do a couple of special episodes on reinvent as well yep brilliant thanks everyone au revoir, Thank you. Au revoir. <laughs> Thank you.